Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Moore Z and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, July 26, 2017. And today we are reading from the big book and we are at page 75, the second and third paragraphs, reading the second for, com for context and the third for comments. The reference numbers. Excuse me, got that backwards. Today's readers are Naomi B, Julie S, Edini M, Melissa C, and Leslie M. And the reference numbers for yesterday. Yesterday's 7 a.m. share ID is 10,196. 10196. And yesterday's 10 a.m. share ID is 10,202. One zero two zero two. OA's preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Ms. Naomi B. to read the 12 steps of OA. Oh, thank you, Maura. I'm a miss. I haven't been called a miss. Okay, um, 12 steps. <laughs> we admit we're powerless over food, that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, Continue to take personal inventory, and when we are wrong, promptly admit it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for a knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I pass. Thank you, Naomi B. And I will now ask Julie S. 
So please read the 12 traditions of OA. Hi, everybody. Good morning. This is Julie S. from Florida. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is, is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for your service, and I pass. Thank you for yours, Julie. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. link to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 75, paragraphs two and three. We'll be reading the second paragraph for context and commenting on the third paragraph. And um, I will ask Irini M. to please get us started. Good morning, Irini. Thank you, Maura, for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini M. from New York, and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God, for always taking care of us. We park at a pride and go to it, illuminating every twist of character, every dark cranny of the past. Once we take this step, withholding nothing, we are delighted. We can look the world in the eye. We can be alone at perfect peace and ease. Our fears, our fears fall from us. We begin to feel the nearness of our creator. We may have 
had certain spiritual beliefs, but now we begin to have a spiritual experience. The feeling that the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly. We feel we are on the broad highway, walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. Returning home, we find a place where we can be quiet for an hour, carefully reviewing what we have done. We thank God from the bottom of our heart that we know him better. Taking this book down from our shelf, we turn to the page which contains the 12 steps. Carefully reading the first five proposals, we ask if we had omitted anything, for we are building an arch through which we shall walk a free man at last. Is our work solid so far? Are the stones properly in place? Have we skimmed on the cement put into the foundation? Have we tried to make mortar without sand? Oh, gosh. Thank you, God. So we're just experiencing the spiritual principles of faith and courage. You know, uh, we have a connection. Thank you, God. We start out with a quiet time to be still, to reflect, and to know, to connect with God, to meditate, and to know. Thanking God for knowing him better for today than yesterday, for carrying us up to step five, from our darkness into his light, from self-centered to God-centered, from isolation I to relationship we. On page 59, reviewing the first five steps and asking God if we left anything out and listening to God for his whispers because we're building the arch that we are ready to walk through and set our free soul. Is our work solid so far? Is the support of our structure, the stones, the cement, and the sand in place and strong to hold us up? Did we fully concede to our innermost being? Did we do the first five steps thoroughly? Page 12, the foundation stone. Are we willing to go to any lengths? Page 47, the cornerstones. Do we believe in a power greater than ourselves? Page 62, the keystone. Did we make the decision that God is? Did we meet God halfway? Have we done our part because it's by God? God's grace and power that blesses us with his promises that are shaping us into what he would have us be. It is through the light of his spirit that guides us and are holding our stones together in place. It is by God's hand that wiped and cleaned our hearts. It is his space that we are in that is decluttering our thoughts. We begin the process of a journey of ego deflation and out of hiding. We are learning about forgiving ourselves because God has forgiven us and has healed us. And we are learning about transparency by being honest and humble, understanding empathy and developing integrity. integrity. This is what is giving us this new way, new attitude, a personality change. Because of this connection with God, we are able to connect with ourselves and soon with others in the steps to follow. This connection to the truth, to honesty, to love, to purity, we now have a clean heart. We have a clean slate. We are starting over a fresh new start. We are developing self-worth because deep down inside, it's the knowing thyself that we are with God.
thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Naomi B. And so we are reading on page 75, paragraphs 2 and 3, and we'll be commenting on the third paragraph. So who would like to share? Listing your name first one time. Nessa R. Melissa C. Larry Larry K. Melissa C. Larry K. Chrissy J. Chrissy J. Laura H. Laura H. One more? Okay. We'll go with this lineup then. I have Nessa R., Melissa C., Larry K., Chrissy J., and Laura H. Nessa, would you get us started, please? Thank you. Um, Good morning, Vision for You. Uh, My name is Nessa R., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in um, Toronto, Canada. And I want to talk about this um, sentence here that says, the feeling that the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly. Because I think, um, you know, um, people misread uh, some things in the big book, and and I think that... uh, you know, some uh, management of expectations is required because there's some people, um, I've spoken to quite actually quite a few people, who have the illusion that as soon as we put the food down, you know, the compulsion goes away. You know, the allergy, the um, mental obsession, everything goes away. And uh, and the state of bliss where the food is quiet, the food often calls, sets, sets in. And that is not true. You know, this sentence here says the, the feeling that the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly, not always come strongly. And, you know, it wasn't the case for me. You know, I, um, you know my, 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 my obsession was not lifted immediately after I put my foot down or after I did step four or after I did step um, um, five, not even after I did Step six, seven, eight, and nine. You know, it took a little bit, and I'm and I'm in good company because when we read um, Dr. Bob's story in the in the back of the book, the first story that's uh, after the first 164 pages, you know, he says that he endured the cravings for two more years, and and we can debate what cravings mean. Is it truly the allergies? Is it the mental obsession? You know, like what is it? But you know, one thing is clear that he still had the compulsion to drink after two years. So, um, you know, I, I don't think that uh, it took me two, two years. I don't think it takes most people two, year, two years. But, you know, people often become discouraged when they put the food down and they've been clean for, you know, a week or 10 days or 30 days or 60 days and they still, the food still calls. And that's fine. You know, that, that's part of the price to pay. We need to learn to endure discomfort um, long enough to um, to work the steps because the compulsion will be lifted. The question is, you know, when will it be lifted? And, you know, as, as, as addicts, as compulsive overeaters, you know, we, we hate discomfort. This is why we resort to the food because it brings us um, immediate relief, immediate comfort, even though it doesn't last, you know, but we need to learn to tolerate this discomfort and, and keep things in perspective, you know, trust the process you know, trust that whatever has happened to other people, the recovery that has ensued will also happen to you. But 
you know, we do have to manage expectations. It says here, will often come strongly, but it doesn't say it always uh, comes strongly. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. And I think I misspoke earlier, and Edini was our reader, so thank you, Edini. Um, Melissa C., it is your turn to share. And then it will be Larry Kay. Hi, this is Melissa C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York, and I'm just going to start my my timer. Um, yeah, so, um, you know, when we're told to be quiet for an hour, um, that's meditation. You know, if I'm sitting quiet and I'm reviewing what I've done, I'm meditating. And the thanking God, that's a prayer. You know, and so someone had asked prior to the meeting um, if there was a fifth step prayer. And, um, yeah, indeed, indeed there is a fifth step prayer. And, um, you know, it's... Um, Higher power, thank you for helping me complete my house cleaning. You know, I can now look the world in the eye. I can be alone at perfect peace and ease. My fears have fallen from me. I've begun to feel the nearness, your nearness. I've begun to have a spiritual experience. I feel I'm on the broad highway walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. And then there's the quiet hour prayer, which is, you know, God, thank you for giving me the strength, faith, and courage I needed to get through my fifth step. You know, I... um, to know you better by showing me what has been blocking me from you. Uh, Father, please show me if I've omitted anything and help me honestly see if my stones are properly in place or if I've skimped in any area of this work. And, um, you know, so for me, like, that was really powerful because um, up until this point, um, you know, I've been dishonest. And, um, you know, it's like I'm um, the unreliable narrator, for my life, I've always told the story with with a twist, without even realizing, and that was even the case in my inventory. So, when I reviewed it, um, the truth for me was that I had not been a hundred percent forthright. I I was omitting something. There were some um, experiences that I had that I was so used to telling with a certain slant. Um, that even the inventory process still had it, and I was still carrying a lot of guilt. Whether it was real or imagined, um, it was still something I was feeling. And that quiet hour prayer um, where I said that, you know, I'm, I'm thank you for helping me really be honest and get to know you better, um, it came right to me that I didn't, I, I wasn't being honest. And so I met with my sponsor again, and that time, that was when, like, I, I sat in a church with her, and um, it was messy, you know, like, it was it was me crying and, like, letting things out and, and really telling it um, with honesty, and that's when I felt that, oh, my God, the nearness of my creator. Like, I felt finally, like, at perfect peace and ease with this, and, um, you know, and so that quiet hour, that prayer, that meditation is serious. It, it, for me, it was like one of the most important actions that I took, and um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Larry Kay, it is your turn, followed by Chrissy J. Hey, good morning. Good morning, Maura. Larry Kay, uh, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. All oh, these allergies are kicking my butt here. But hopefully you can hear me okay. You know, I was a member of OA for, for about five years. Um, 
back in the day. But I always met the same fate. I would get abstinent and become convinced I would never uh, eat again. But eventually, most times in, in short order, I'd, I'd find myself uh, at a place where the obsession to eat would become too great. And, and once again, I would be overcome by restlessness and irritability and, and a feeling of discontent. And invariably, I'd, I'd begin to feel helpless and would sometimes struggle with the steps before going on a binge once again. That's part of my story. I don't know what your story is. You know, any structure has a foundation, a cornerstone, and a keystone. And, you know, let, let us remember the stronger the foundation, the stronger the structure, you know, is going to become. And in, in the chapter, We Agnostics, the book tells us that we're, we're building a wonderfully effective spiritual structure. And even in Bill's story on page 12, when Abby says to Bill, why don't you choose your own conception of God? Bill realizes that it was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than himself. Nothing more was required to make his beginning. He saw that growth could start from that point. And then he goes on to say, upon a foundation of complete willingness, I might build what I saw in my friend. So Bill tells us that willingness is the foundation of our journey towards a, a spiritual awakening. Willingness is the foundation. Believing is the cornerstone. And our decision is the keystone. So I got to take a look at this this foundation because going back to what I shared, um, uh, I was always in and out of the food. Always, I was always mostly abstinent. I was always mostly working the steps, mostly following the practical program of action. But those half measures really didn't avail me a whole lot. I don't know what your story is. Once I did follow these steps imperfectly as only I could do it as a human, but I followed it precisely. I, I built a foundation. I didn't know it at the time, but I built a foundation based on truth and honesty and willingness, and the keystone was in place. The obsession was eradicated. I didn't eradicate it. I tried. God, God eradicated it, and it's been that way ever since. So I'll still uh, trudge imperfectly, but that'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Chrissy J., it is your turn, followed by Laura H. Hi, it's Chrissy G., um, recovered, oh. compulsive overeater. No, no worries. And anorexic, recovered anorexic from New Jersey. And I, I always had faith in a higher power, and I never felt near to my higher power. I always felt like I had to hide. I felt shame. I knew that the things that I did weren't um, congruent with my beliefs and what, what I believed God wanted me to do and be. And I, you know, eating instead of going to face the day, you know, staying in as I did, you know, my, I think it was my sophomore year of college because I was commuting to school. I just dropped my classes and I was homebound for about six weeks just eating around the clock and just sleeping and eating and gaining massive massive amounts of weight you know i i didn't feel the nearness of my creator because i wasn't allowing myself to feel it and it's interesting because i i work with a lot of people now who i speak with on the phone and they are having relapses and 
the resolve that they get after they, they're coming back and pulling themselves up by the bootstraps and saying, it was horrible and I'll never do that again. And, you know, I just get such a queasy feeling in my stomach when they say that as if it has anything to do with us, you know, and, and just making making our minds up to do it, you know, and, and um, it's a good analogy if, you know, it might turn some people off, but I think of, of the disease as being possessed by a demon and it's, I have no control over it. I can't decide to stop it, you know, but this process, this getting intimate with another human being and letting God in, letting God near by letting this person near to the to the most shameful dark side of myself um, and my weak self, my vulnerabilities. It's not it's my fears too. It's not just um, my dirty secrets. It's it's also my vulnerabilities. You know how fragile I am. Let me let me show you how fragile I am. And admitting that to God and to another person, how fragile I am, that opens up. It like it unlocks that demon from the cage within me and I'm free and I walk a free man, free woman. And that's how the process works. It's not just, you know, hitting a, a a really bad bottom and making your mind up. It's not that at all. It's realizing that there's nothing that you can do to lift it and going through the process that the people who have recovered and gone through the process are telling you works and doing it. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Christy G. Laura H., it is your turn. Good morning. This is Laura H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Chicago. Uh, Wow, this is, uh, I love the promises. I love the promises. I have a sheet that I always look at when I'm working with others, and we talk about, you know, after each step, did you reach these promises? Um, Am I beginning to have a spiritual experience? Have I begun? to feel the nearness of my creator. To me, that those two promises right there has changed my life, has absolutely changed my life. And it was a process, and I have worked with others. I've only been in program three years, and for myself, um, the experience, maybe it wasn't like Bill W., where he was in the hospital and saw a mountain and, ah, you know, Maybe that wasn't like it for me, but I will tell you, my life has never been the never been the same after working these steps. And um, I too like the fact that in the above the preceding paragraph, it says that the drink problem has disappeared. Will often come strongly. You you know the feeling, um, and managing our expectations. Um, and I love that as we work with others and we're on this road to recovery, that we. We do it imperfectly, you know, but we do it. And um, if there's more to be revealed, you will find that out. Um, And if you're honest and you you have the commitment to do it afraid, because for me, there's a lot of fear. And if you just roll up your sleeves and face that fear, do it anyway, um, you can, you know, certainly work through that process. I love the two, the the fact that the foundation, is the foundation in place? Is it strong? Did you skimp on it? Did you take shortcuts? Did you, you know, that whole walking on under the arch is such a powerful analogy. 
Um, I just want to encourage everyone out there. Um, I don't know what else to say except for whether you're struggling with um, having obsessive thoughts, racing mind, uh, maybe the food is calling you, maybe you're restricting, whatever it may be, that you are in very good company. We are all on this road together, trudging, and um, there is there is the promises, and they will come true. And it, it just takes a matter of, um, you know, stick-to-itness and keep keep working through the steps. And I just want to thank everybody who's on the line today. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you, Laura H. And now we have a word from our sponsors, Miss Anita J. Well, thank you, Laura. Um, I haven't reached that level yet. But this is Anita J., a recovered compulsive overeater from the state of Massachusetts. And I want to give you my unsolicited testimony. In other words, nobody asked me to do this. I asked them. I wanted to tell you why attending the Vision for You convention, September 15th through 17th at the Liberty International Airport's Marriott Hotel, should be number one on your bucket list. Forget visiting the Grand Canyon for now. You can do that after you get rocketed into the fourth dimension. And how does that happen? By following the clear directions in the big book, as will be laid out during convention weekend. I must confess to you that I have been reading the big book since 1978 and even attempted to do this process in the 90s. And it's only now that I truly understand it. Since, 19, um, since 2014, when I started listening to Vision, but getting a sponsor and working all the 12 steps on a daily basis. I want this for everyone. I was at the first convention and the joy, the, the camaraderie, the electricity, and the wisdom in the rooms was overwhelming. You know, I always wanted to feel a part of a family, and it finally happened with my fellow visionaries. Please join us. There's always room for one more, and one more, and one more. All the details are found on our website at www.avision4u.info. A nearby hotel has been added, but no worries. There will be continuous shuttle service between them. Now, don't forget to check out the message board where you'll find people interested in sharing a ride or looking for a roommate. And thank you all for listening. Of course, you had to. And we'll all be looking for you with a greeting of welcome home. And now back to step five. Thanks. Thank you, Anita J. And now let's open it up again for those who would like to share. We're on Rock page 75. Oh. 
We're on page 75, paragraphs 2 and 3. We're sharing on comments on paragraph 3. I heard Vasa O. I heard Barbara E. Leah, was that Diaz and David? Diaz and David. Okay. Anyone else? Reva P. Monica T. Reva T. Reva P. Yes. Anyone else? Okay. This is who I have. Vasa O, Barbara E, Leah D, Monica T, and Reva P. Vasa, will you get us started, please? Yes, I am. Thank you, Morza, for your service. And I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive reader, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And I can't wait till I see every one of you at New Jersey Convention. Looking forward to do that. But anyway, step five, we admitted we're powerless. Uh, we admitted that to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact, exact nature of our wrongs. And again, the steps are laid out the way they're lay, laid out for a reason. I couldn't go to step five till I did the first, uh, the four steps before that. And um, it's just follow direction, Vasa, follow directions. I, I was so used to following directions in cooking. I spent my whole life experimenting and looking for recipes, so I knew what it meant to look for directions. Just look for directions and follow through. But anyways, the first steps are the foundation of my house, and the way it was explained to me was, of course, when we built a house and we had our house built, and we needed to have a sturdy foundation to hold the the rest of the house on the top. Otherwise, it's going to fall apart. And that was really easy for me to understand, you know. So I needed to to have the first three steps. I had to, they have to, be, I had to admit I was powerless over the food. I needed to find a power greater than myself to restore me to sanity with the food and my life and my will in every area and uh, made a decision to will to surrender my life and my will to the care of God. So my sponsor said, just keep on doing the first three steps because they're the foundation. And finally, it led me to the fourth step. And, um, and then, of course, to giving it away, we feel we are on the, on the broad highway strongly. We feel uh, walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. And that was the, my last visit uh, with the person that I gave it away. And I remember visualizing I was like in this huge, huge highway walking with people like peacefully. I saw myself in the center, you know, like I, I became like I wasn't like I became like, you know, walking with everybody. I wasn't alone any longer. And then I remember returning uh, home. At that day, I was I, I had to go right to work right right after I had given my the rest of my uh, the fourth step to. And then I I remember going to work. But what I did, I went home that night and I I went to my bedroom and I sat quietly. I took my book 
and I went through the first five steps. Did I do Time. everything? I'll wrap it up. Did I, I? I had there was no stone unturned. I made sure I put everything there to the best of my ability, and what a freedom I had. And I'm so grateful I was letting the twelve steps to overeaters and not. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Barbara E., it is your turn, followed by Leah D. Thank you so much. Uh, This is Barbara E. in New Jersey. I was asked to go to my step sponsor and share the dark crannies of my past, all the things that I've been handicapped by, my character liabilities. I had to be willing to let go of them. Uh, This scared the heck out of me. Was I willing to let go of them? I had to uncover, discover, and discard. I had to tell my truths. But then when I was asked to go home and sit for an hour and quietly reflect, had I been building my house out of sand instead of mortar, I was very, very grateful for this direction. I I had to reflect on the fact that I was being asked to believe in something I can't see or touch. I had to look for a clear recognition and acceptance of who and what I was. I had to get I had to get right side, which is kind of the mi- the middle between shame and grandiosity. I had to be humble and grateful. That's what I was being asked to think about. Could I do this? Would I be willing to name my feelings? Had I skimped on anything? Was I willing to put my trust my trust in something that I couldn't see? So is there something more? Was I omitting anything? It was a period of reflection. Was I indeed willing? to accept something outside of myself because I genuinely thought the universe was all about me and here I found it was not. It wasn't people that I resented. It was the actions that they were taking and I had to be willing to let go, trust God and walk over that bridge not knowing where the road was going to take me. Scary, but so worth it. Thank you all. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Leah D., it is your turn, followed by Monica T. Hi, good morning. It's Leah D. Um, I just have to share the word for me on this step and the reflection and the fifth step was that it suddenly made me human. I love that term, human. The fact that I could sit with another human being and share my inventory and the things that I thought were the worst of the worst or the secrets or the resentments, and another person just to sit and be calm and not be shocked, and then to know that I gave it over and it made me human and then to go home and to reflect and to realize that it's okay and that I'm not alone in this deal, that it's not just me, and it's not me and my secrets, and it's not me and everything, that this is all part of recovery, and that I'll be able to do this for somebody else. But my humanness was the key, and the fact that it's not an easy thing to do, and how do we, and it's all a lot of unknowns, and it was unknown for me. 
and I took my computer and I went to my sponsor and I sat in her living room and we sat for a couple of hours and I read and I did and it didn't have to be perfect but it had to be human and it had to be done and that's why I can say I'm in recovery today because I did it and the best part is that it Again, that part of being human, that's the best. I am human. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lady. Monica T., it's your turn. And then it'll be Reva P. And we are on page 75. We read paragraphs 2 and 3. And we're focusing our comments on the third paragraph. Thank you. Monica T.? Good morning, Mara. Good morning, everyone. This is Monica T. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater presently in Vermont. So here we are in the chapter, Into Action, and we are finishing up, going to finish up here our fifth step. And so the big book is giving us explicit directions here of what we need to do now. And they're telling us returning home. And that's what I did. I had traveled just to go to my sponsor and do my fifth step with her. And I drove home, and then I was to take this hour, quiet hour. And what am I to do? I'm to carefully review what I've done. And here's a prayer. I was to thank God from the bottom of my heart that I knew him better. You know, he had revealed a lot of things to me. And I don't remember if I did this exactly as it says, taking this book down from the shelf. We turned to the page which contained the 12 steps. So I turned to the page that has the 12 steps, and it says, carefully reading the first five proposals. Well, they mean the first five steps. And here's another prayer for me. We ask if we have omitted anything. And I was instructed that I needed to take this hour and review and, and, and ask God to reveal to me, was there anything else that I had not shared? Was there anything that I was resistant to share? Was there any guilt, any shame, any secret, any dishonesty that I had not shared? And why? Why do I have to do this review? Because at the beginning of the chapter, they told us. This is, why do we have to do this? Well, if we don't do this action, step of five, we're going to drink again. And they said, you know, some of us tried to avoid telling some of these things. And what happened is we got drunk again. And um, why? Because they hadn't completed their housekeeping. And I'm reading this on page 72 and 73 here. So, you know, was there anything else? And then I was to call, you know, and here is this, we've been going into, you know, we've been doing all this action. Quick, quick, asking, do all this writing, da-da-da-da-da. And here... We're being asked to pause, pause and reflect and pray for an hour. And then I was to call her back, which I did. And um, she asked me, had I taken my hour and had I done a review and was there anything else that I needed to disclose with her? And, um, you know, what, um, just amazing what these people knew back when they wrote this book. You know, what recovery and freedom for us because we take these actions. And I pass with that. Thank you, Monica.
Hi, this is Reva P. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Hi, it's Reva P. Grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, just as was just shared, um, I find it interesting that we're picking up the pace in this chapter into action where we do so many of the steps. And yet, um, as soon as I start picking up the pace, it's telling me here to pause and wait at least an hour, which is one of the hardest things for me to do, to pause. Um, so why is this important? Um, so I've learned that lack of power is my dilemma. Accessing a power that's bigger than me and not equal to me is the solution. Um, and what are the blocks to accessing the power? There are two blocks. Either it's the food that blocks me, and once the food is down, the bigger block is my character defects. Um, so it's really interesting you know, that I'm busy, 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 and then it says stop and reflect and look this over. And it's important because I need to ask myself and my higher power, is there anything that I have intentionally, purposely not shared? You know, was that it? Is there anything else that I really know that's there that I don't want to share? Um, and you know, for me, um, when I was uh, heavily into the disease, I had this illusion that if I didn't look at something, it wasn't there. I mean, it makes no logical sense. But if I didn't look at my body from the neck down, then I didn't have to deal with what it looked like. Um, and it's the same thing with a step four. If I don't look at it, then it's not there. But it's important because if there's any little thing that I am intentionally not sharing, um, I am going to go back to the food. It's just as simple as that. So it said at the beginning, am I willing to go to any lengths? Am I willing to do this? And if I'm, if I'm all in, then I have to be all in. And a lot of times I'll start off by telling my sponsor, because um, I've done lots of step fours and now 10, 11, 12s, you know, I don't want to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you. Because it's not about what she thinks of me. It's not about, you know, is she my friend? It's about I want to get well. And I cannot have any little festering block um, because I will go back to the food. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Rita P. And we have time for three more shares. Who would like to share? Matt M. Matt M. Leah S. Leah S. One more. Janice M. Janice M. Okay. Matt M. Followed by Leah S. Followed by Janice M. Go ahead, Matt. Thank you, Morris. This is, this is Madam Compulsive Reader from New Jersey. Yeah, the fifth step is no joke. It's a step that makes us look at ourselves, like put a mirror up to our own innermost selves that we didn't want to look at. I know I didn't want to look at it when I started my fifth step, when I was doing my fifth step, and I didn't want to because then I had to look and see what I didn't like to see. You know, I have a lot of things that I've done in my past that I didn't want to tell anybody that I want to take to my grave, but... You know, I have to look at them and it's that's a fact finding and a fact facing process, you know, and uh this is not an easy this is not an easy thing to face. You know, face with your innermost being. And uh grateful today that I do have the willingness to do it. I just finished my, my fourth step today and uh now I gotta do my fifth step, my sponsor and 
yeah, there's things I don't want to say to him, but I have to. If I want to be free of them, you know, I want to be free of these resentments and stuff and other things that I've done. So just for today, I want to do the work because I want to be free of this compulsive overeating. You know, it's not, it's not easy to be in the face every day. This is a disease of more, and I definitely have more, and I want more every day. I'm grateful today that I'm, eating, I'm staying right-sized with my food. I'm staying right-sized with my ego to stay out, stay out of my own head. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt M. Leah S., it's your turn, and then Janice M. Thank you so much. This is Leah S., a recovered compulsive overeater. I I wanted to share that when I started doing Step 4, it started dawning on me that there's a certain responsibility that this program is putting into me and that I'm beginning to feel, first of all, with my food, and second of all, with my actions about the food and about myself and with others. And what is it that it is leading me into the food? And with step five, the responsibility was huge when we, when I was told to go home and reflect upon what just happened. And um, when I came home, it validated that responsibility even more, but it also made that connection even greater, that connection with my higher power, that, you know what, I'm, I'm like clean. And it came back to me like as if I was sitting in school, uh, all of a sudden transformed right back into uh, the t- those times when I was a kid. And I had to hand in the test paper. And in one second, I don't want to hand in that test paper before I don't look it over. And this is the same, sort of the same kind of feeling that I got. You know what? Look over everything. Just be clean. Be clean about the whole process because it's going to lead you to freedom. Not so much. The freedom part didn't affect me as much as, as after I did it that it, it all of a sudden you felt that I, I felt that way. But um as I was doing all that, these are the feelings that went through me, the responsibility and the uh deeper connection and um and again that responsibility. And thank you for letting me share. I pass. You're next I I don't. <clears throat> did you call me? I, you're kind of muffled, Mara. Oh. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Did you call Janice? Okay. I called Jan. Okay. Thank you so much, Medea. Yes, my name is Janice M, and I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. Oh, you know, isn't it funny? Well, I don't know if it's funny, but you know, <clears throat> this is the first place in the whole book. 164 pages that it tells me to rest between steps. If you notice, it goes right after the other, one right after the other, one right after the other. So they're doing it for a reason. The only place that tells me to rest for an hour. You know, people say, well, I'm not going to do this step, the other step. I'm going to wait a little bit. No, this is the step that says to me, Janice, you you know, I know with me, I was so delighted. I felt like a, a brand new person after, you know, I did this. 
um, fifth step. So, oh, it was just like I could go out in the street and get killed and be saved forever. But anyway, see, Bill writes as an architect. This is how he writes. So he's, he's, he's building an arch. We're building an arch. For what reason? For me and you to go through as a free person, a personality change, okay, a personality change. And um, <clears throat> so now it's, it's telling us to review these first five steps, the first three. This is the stones that have to be in place. Otherwise, if they're not in place, we're not going to get the result. I mean, I know because I've done it a couple of times in the first place. The first step was, do I have the willingness? Do I have the willingness? Well, my stone, my first stone was not in place. I, I skimped. I skimped. I left out certain things that I did not want to tell, expecting to get the same result. To get the to get to get recovered, and of course I got the same results. Nothing, and you know if we leave something out, there's a difference between leaving it out by mistake, or leaving it out on purpose. And of course I did that. Oh, I thought I was going to get away with it. Of course, you know it didn't. So if we if we leave anything out, or are not willing to to share this with my sponsor, it's going to fall. It's not going to work. I'm not going to be recovered. Nothing can be missed in these first three steps, um, and if we and if I didn't have the willingness, of course, the second time, the third time, I had the willingness to let go of everything, which was step one, and then I really was, I really believed in the second step that there was a power because I couldn't do this myself. And then I made that decision for the keystone. Now, the keystone is that stone that holds the rest of the, the arch that I have to walk through. And if that's not made a foundation, I can't walk through it because it's going to fall. And now, of course, we put in the lot, another two steps, step four and step five, and we're on our way for the spiritual structure of a personality change for me. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice M. And we have a minute left, and I'm going to go ahead and take that, and I hope I can be heard clearly. I was having a bit of trouble with my headset earlier. So for me, step five, this is my freedom. This is where I let it all out. I've given it away. I've been met with love and acceptance, no judgment nothing negative. It was such a freeing experience. And it allowed me to hold my head up and truly to walk humbly with my God. And what an amazing experience. And I had some really nasty things on there. So I am um, thrilled to, uh, to be able to share on that today. And with that, I pass. And it is now time to close the meeting. And I would like to um, thank everyone who shared. And please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Today's share ID is 10,206. One zero two zero six.
And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164. Melissa C., would you please read that for us? Hi, good morning. It's Melissa C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. Um, Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.